the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The new Twin Cities Christian Voice is AM980 The Mission. KKMS, Richfield, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Online at am980themission.com. October is Pastor Appreciation Month here on AM980 The Mission, and we invite you to honor your pastor on air. Call in and leave a short message of who your pastor is and what you appreciate most about them. 651-289-4444. Your call will bless local pastors and could win them some cool prizes. That's 651-289-4444. The Pastor Appreciation Hotline, brought to you by WNAV Audiovisual and The Mission. You are tuned to AM980, The Mission, the Twin Cities Christian Voice. Sometimes it seems like this country is busted. You can discover your role in rebuilding a broken nation with the Kingdom Citizen Collection, featuring the new book from Dr. Tony Evans. Get your kit today at am980themission.com. From the OnePlace.com studio, here is a look at your forecast for tonight. Clear in 36. Patchy frost for Sunday, sunny and 60 later on in the day. For Columbus Day, mostly sun, 69 and just a slight chance of showers. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon. This is uh, Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, If my lip sounds a little skewed, it's because I just left the dentist's office, and you know how it is when you're getting the feeling back in your your lip and you're moving back to side to side. So, uh, but uh, it's it's all good. It's fun. So it makes life exciting. Uh, You know, I just want to continue talking to you about uh, the subject I started on last week, and that was just, you know serving, serving God in spite of you, and uh, and serving God in spite of you. And what I mean by that is, is that sometimes, you know, it seems that God calls us and puts us into situations that that we say we are not prepared for. You know, I it can't be God. And then there's other times, you know, you know, we we get into situations and we put ourselves in a situation how we feel that God wants to operate in our life. So, you know, it's easy to have these two polar opposites. Either we're telling God, you know, uh, how we want to serve him or we're telling God how we can't serve him. And uh, and so as a pastor, you know, I see both of them at times. And really as a, in the urban context, if, if you've ever uh, uh, worked in a church or been in leadership in an urban context, you'll understand what I'm about to say is, is that, you find the first one not believing in yourself to be more prevalent than others. Because in an urban situation, what people don't understand a lot of times, and and, uh, as I talk to church planners and people around, because not everybody wants to go urban because everybody wants to go urban because of gentrification. You know, urban is is not no longer uh, associated with middle class and lower middle class. Urban is now starting to be associated with upper middle class and above. And it's just, I, it's always amazes me, as I said a couple of weeks ago, how we would love to plant churches in places where there's money. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I understand and I realize that it takes money to do anything. Lord knows I do. I, I'm thankful for the people who, who partner with us, who, uh, who give. And uh, if we had to do what we do based on our church budget, we wouldn't be doing some of the things we do, especially in the lives of young people and creating leaders and, and watching them go off. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, it's like downtown has been downtown for a hundred years. And when all the churches used to be downtown, then they slowly moved out toward Lake Street and then toward the suburbs. Now everybody wants to try to find a spot downtown to plant downtown now because downtown has become the place where, you know, uh, young people are hanging out. You know, there's money there. And, you know, it's it's like 
Now the church is breaking its neck to plant downtown. You know, I got I got uh, churches popping up in places just a mile away from me, and and uh, you know, it's it's like it's not even a you know a, a I don't even know. It's not even like somebody comes around and say, "Hey, you doing anything around here? You do you know what what's the, what's the climate like?" And it's just I, you know, I, sometimes our, our mindset it always baffles me as a businessman and as a man of God. But you'll find in the urban context because people in the urban context have always had to deal with uh, a, a Nazareth uh, type experience. Whereas the Jewish leaders said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You know, most people believe can any good thing come out of the city? Can any good thing come out of the urban context? We all know that the suburban schools are better. The housing is better. You know, the dogs are better. Everything is better. You know, the shopping, everything like that. And, you know, and you when you say you're going into the city, then for immediately there's danger. Um, you know, my son, when it came time to have his open house, you know, we received words like, you know, is it safe? I'm I'm not going to let my child come over to the open house. You know, these are his classmates he spent four years of school with. But, you know, because they're so swayed, you know, by 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 what I feel is biased TV reporting. Uh, you know, I, I've never had an incident in my 25 years of living in North Minneapolis. You know, if anything, I had people look out for me, you know, as opposed to uh, trying to do me harm. But you have people that, that don't want to come, don't want to visit me because they're afraid. We did a joint revival one time, uh, different ministries, suburban and urban, and I was getting phone calls. I was and I got irritated because I must have received like about seven or eight phone calls. Will my car be safe? You know, is it safe for me to come to this revival? Because this picture is painted, you know, not understanding the money game. You know what I mean? That you paint this picture that this neighborhood is dangerous so that the property values go low so you can buy low, sell high. Now you're seeing homes selling for just outrageous sums of money in North Minneapolis, you know, because, you know, they, two out of every three people that move to North Minneapolis are white. And uh, and so you just see this happening. But you look back and you go like, wow, why why is it painted this way? You know, I, one of the main reasons I took my kids out of public school and put them in the Catholic school. And I, I say Catholic school and I ain't ashamed to say Catholic school. I, I try my best not to ever put my child in a Christian school. Uh, call me on the phone and I'll explain it to you. You know, what I mean, is that is that because here I am, my son didn't have a math book in sixth grade. They didn't have books. The teachers going on Ed Helper doing their best to educate them. I'm speaking at a junior high in the southwest part of town, and I see the math books on the bookshelf. And I said, oh, I said, uh, you guys short on books, too. You got to leave them in the classroom. And the teacher says, no, all the kids have a book. This is in case they leave their book at home. This is the same school district, you know, at, at this school, they have extra books sitting there. So kids, in case they leave their book at home, you know what I mean? They can have a book when they get to school. And here's my child over on, in the same school district in North Minneapolis who has no book. And they say books won't be there till January. And you couldn't transfer a book over, bring the books over and a lot of them. So I, had to, I made them put my son in seventh grade math. You know what I mean? The way he can have a book and he can learn because I, I I know my child. He's smart. And if you don't challenge him, and which he got A's in that, and then they made him take sixth grade math. So he took sixth and seventh grade math at the same time. And, uh, you know, and he got A in it. But the thing, the different about it is, is that when you don't expect any good thing from an area, you ain't, you don't spend no money on it. Right. You know, I don't wash my car. I don't go to the car wash. My wife is at the car wash all the time. But, you know, I'm the husband, so I drive the raggedy car, right? <laughs> it ain't even worth $6 to run through the through the day. Long as the engine run and the tires is good, you know, and the tranny's well serviced, you know, that's my car. You know what I mean? You look in there, look, it's my mobile office, man. They got track equipment. They got office equipment. They got everything in there, you know, because I don't expect nothing from it. I don't cherish that car. You know, my wife, though, her car is clean. If I leave a cup in there, I'm getting a report. You know what I mean? Because why? Because she has high expectations for her car because she has a nice car and she wants to keep it nice. If you don't believe. So you take a person who's not only a part of a geographical area where you don't expect any good thing to come from. But now you take a person who's also part of a people group 
that you don't expect any good thing to come from. Don't get nervous. I'm not about to get into no racial divides or anything like that. I'm just sticking with urban. I'm sticking with urban lore. I'm talking about people groups. And the most, to me, the the most, the most, just group that suffers the most bias out there, you know, is not uh, any of our minorities. And we have a lot of minorities. You know what I mean? It's not the majority. It's not. It's not people's sexual orientation. It's felons. It's felons. It's an individual who's done time in prison or jail who's paid the price that society says they need to pay to come back into society. But when they come back into society, they're not allowed to function. There are certain places they can't live. There are certain places they can't work. You know what I mean? There's certain things that are there, so the debt is never paid. You know, if I tell you the number of guys that have come to my office and, and cried, that have met the Lord through prison fellowship, Freedom Works, you know, some of the ministries that I've had on the show, and they, they, they love the Lord, Damascus way, you know, and they're, they're there and they're, they're serving God. But yet they're still haunted by the past that they've already paid for. Are you, are you, that's like a bill collector keep calling you and harassing you and telling you to keep paying the same bill over and over and over again. When I had one guy, tell you, he said, when is it over? He, he, he turned himself in 29 years ago. You know, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but he turned himself in 29 years beforehand, served his time. You know, he got saved, so he turned himself in, got saved, did everything right, hadn't had an offense for 29 years. Because of 911, when they started doing background checks, they ran background checks at the job and released him from his job that he was working because they were getting funds from the state, and the state said, because of what he did 29 years ago, we don't desire him to be working around these type of people. And the organization had to let him go because they were getting receiving that that state funded, and 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 he cried because this is a man trying to take care of his family. You know, what I mean, now he's in his fifties, and they got to go out there and try to find a job. You know, what I mean, you know, you got to deal with age discrimination, you got to deal with everything else to try to make that thing. You know, and he's like, he just looked at me, and said, Pastor, when will it be over? When will it be over? You know, so when you're dealing with a people, a people. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying people. And you know, race is not culture and there's various cultures that you have to deal with, especially in an urban context. You know what I mean? And in an urban context, I have to deal with felons. You know, the joke in the city is that you have to have a felony to be a member of my church because I'm felony friendly. Right? I'm felony friendly, I'm pistol friendly. I don't have no sign on my door to say you can't bring your gun in there. And I, you know, I don't know about I'm not scared of no gun, but that, yeah, I, maybe you are, but I ain't scared of no gun. You know what I mean? And so I, I don't because I realize that some people ain't going to come into my church unless they have their gun on them because, you know, the life they live on the street and what's out there, they don't feel safe. Now, it's my job as a man of God to convince them that my God is greater. You know what I mean? And, and I do a pretty good job of that, you know what I mean? Because I believe in the power of God and I believe in protection and, and, and they trust me. But understand this is that, we still have to serve God in spite of ourselves. But some people come with so much baggage, baggage that they didn't really pick up. Baggage just had been bestowed upon them because, number one, where they live at, where they're from, right? Jesus had to deal with it. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I mean, they, they, this man performing miracles. This man is doing stuff that no one has ever done before. And they still didn't believe who he was because of his location. Right. Then they did background into his history and found out they, they started adding the math and found out he was a bastard child, meaning that he was he was born out of wedlock. You know, the the, the, the marriage date and the birth date didn't line up for the for the 38 weeks. And and, and they, they started they start trying to find things. What's wrong with this man that, that, that to, to not validate what he's doing, but to, to, to downgrade and tear down what he's doing. So he had to fight against and still serve God. But himself wasn't himself. He was he knew who he was in Christ. He knew what his mission was, but he still had to deal with people wanting to put him in certain categories. So now you fast forward to the ministry context, you know, what I mean, and I'm talking about people that I know personally who who have tried to come into the city and, and, and start a children's ministry or prison ministry or anything like that. And they can't understand the mindset. They can't understand the defeatist mindset. But you, are, but if you're in a situation where nobody expects you to succeed, you're in a situation where nobody expects you to be to to, to amount to anything. Then whatever you do is either an improvement or is what you're supposed to do anyway. 
you know, you, you try to fight against the odds, but you don't see anybody winning. Now, people have won, you know, but they don't come back. They get out of the city. You know, one thing that I heard over and over again when I first came into to uh, youth ministry, when I used to work with Youth for Christ, is that the the, the arching theme, and this was not just Youth for Christ. I mean, it's the, it's the youth ministry, especially urban youth ministry. They tell kids, get saved and get out of here. Get out of here. That's all I heard when I was a young boy growing up in Chicago. Get out of here. Get out of here. But you know what? I grew up in a time where I had to be influenced by great civil rights leaders. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King and some you might not like as in a, you know, a, a Malcolm X or even there. Chicago is a black consciousness town. And so the nation of Islam was pretty prevalent. And, you know, so I had a black Panther that was assigned to my block that, that, that taught us. He, he, he said the opposite message. Whereas the church at the Catholic school I went to told me to get out of here. Right. You know, I mean, the, the church didn't say get out. The church said stay. The black leader said get out of here. Then the black Panther dude came here and said, take it over. Right. You know, take it over. Dominate. Take it over. Don't even worry about conforming to the neighborhood. Don't worry about running from the neighborhood. Take it over. Right. And, and and so that's always been my mindset that wherever I go, I take it over, you know. And so and so I have a different mindset than most people because, you know, the nuns and this guy here told me I can dominate and not run. And other people I see, they run, they leave not, and, and they, they, they don't stay. They don't be that living example. You know, I've shared with you before how, you know, me and my wife would walk through the neighborhood and, and people just look at us and stare because he's just never seen. Uh, a husband and wife taking a stroll through the neighborhood on the thing, thing there. You know what I mean? You're surrounded by people living together or, or, or craziness. That is that is a refreshing thing to see is going there. You know what I mean? But we still have to serve God in spite of ourselves. We can't look at ourselves. We have to look into what God has called us to. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Isaiah 61 on 980 Mission. And uh, my name is Joseph Sutton, Pastor Spirit of the Lord Church. And we're going to come back and wrap up with, uh, as I always do, with some action steps uh, to what our subject is today. And that's serving God in spite of ourselves. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities, emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Many comedians today are not only not family-friendly, but use profanity and slurs to draw laughs. That's why AM980 The Mission presents its fourth annual Clean Comedy Night on November 5th at Revive Brooklyn Park Church featuring Amy Barnes. Tickets are $9.80 with VIP options available. Find more info and tickets online at am980themission.com slash ccn. Join us on Saturday, November 5th for our Clean Comedy Night with Amy Barnes. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. Put a little bounce in your step. You know, I remember when I was doing the state fair and <laughs> and my bumper music came on, you should have seen all the heads turn. All the heads went like, you know what I mean? And I could tell who the urban people were. <laughs> urban has bass. You know what I mean? I don't care if it's country western. I don't care if it's blues, blue grass. There's going to be some bass in it. You know what I mean? And that, that turns heads. Uh, but getting back to what I said, serving God in spite of yourself. You know, I, I look at Job, right? Job, Job did not curse God. Job knew that he had done nothing wrong, but yet Job didn't live like he didn't do anything wrong. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to live what you know. 
And one of the things that 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 is that is frustrating when I deal with, with Christians is a lot of Christians will say the right thing. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm all like that. They'll say those things, but they don't live those things. Right. We'll turn around and, and say, you know, you know, I'm the head. I need that no man lead me and everything like that. But yet we allow a plant to dictate our lives. And what do I mean by that? I mean, a plant, tobacco plant cocaine plant, you know what I mean, whatever plant, you know what I mean, salad, I don't care what it is, you know what I mean, we we allow that 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 cigarette, that marijuana, whatever it is, tells us when to go outside and take a break. Tells us, I mean, it, 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 we, we, we get dominated by a plant, but we have a problem following a man, right? We, we, we get dominated by a phone. Some people can't even put their phone down, you know what I mean? They, they, the phone tells them what to do. People get mad at me like, your phone is ringing. I say, and? Ain't you going to answer it? I say, the only one I answer to is the one who helped pay the bill. And that's my wife. And she knows she got she got, she got, got a special ring. She got prima donna. And I said, if you want me to answer you every time, you start giving me some money on this bill, and I'll give you a special ring. And every time you dial me, I will answer this phone. But until then, this phone don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I don't care how many messages pop up on this phone. I'm a grown man. This phone don't tell me what to do. You know what I mean? But I, I watch some people, the phone... Me, and my kids, they go running to get my phone for me when it's ringing to bring it to me. I don't even tell them to do it. They said, "But Dad, the phone's." Ringing. I said, well, "What did the phone start calling shots up in here?" You know what I mean? It's, it's but so it's one thing to know who you are. It's another thing to live that way. Job knew he was right, but he was still sitting in ashes. He was still sitting in the sackcloth and ashes. He was still pitying, wishing he was never born, right? But at the same time, you turn back around and say, "I haven't sinned." <laughs> I've done nothing wrong. You know what I mean? I don't know why the Almighty's mad at me. Well, if, if you don't know if you've done nothing wrong, as God says to him in chapter 40 and 41, why are you living like it, right? Why are you living like it? You tell me you love the Lord. You tell me you love the Lord and everything like that, and you want to serve him and everything like that, but you don't read your Bible. You know, you, you, do, you don't surround yourself with the Word of God. You surround yourself with other things. You know, I'm not an anti uh, movie, video, secular music kind of guy. I don't do it. I surround myself with the word. I think I have a great responsibility and I want to make sure I keep myself in that framework. But at the same time, I can't say, you know, I love something when I'm hanging out with something that's the opposite of what it is I say I love. I love to work out with two jelly donuts in my hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just can't. I Even, you know, even, you know, when I had this, bypass they tested my heart they gave me a stress test a nuclear stress test i passed the stress test with only a vial and a half and the doctor looked at me and he said your heart is healthy he said it's just your artery clogged and 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 he said how you pass the test with three clogged arteries at 90 percent and i just told him i said because i don't i don't I try not to eat bad. I try, I try to do some kind of exercise. You know what I mean? I'm a big guy. I always have been a big guy. I said, but that's not stopping much. I said, I try to be as healthy as I can. I said, you know, I, I, you got to live like what you believe. You know, is if you don't, people won't think you believe it because belief affects your whole lifestyle, right? So what is needed, people always want to come in with all these programs to give stuff to free food or whatever it is that like that. The main thing that people need to invoke change in their life is to believe that change is possible. And the belief has to be so strong that it changes their lifestyle patterns. That's what a testimony is. That's what people love to hear, right? They love to hear the fact, you know, that this, that you was an alcoholic, you're not an alcoholic anymore. We can believe a guy can get redeemed from alcohol and drugs and clap our hand but we can't believe a felon can change. I'm going back to the felons. We can't believe a felon can change. We have sympathy for the fact that that uh, two men and two women can't express their love in marriage. And so we said it's just not fair. They should be able to be married too. But then we turn back on the felon who's paid his price and did whatever and won't yield to him if I'm living in our neighborhood or doing things like that. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't understand. And some of the greatest opposition comes from folks who say they know the Lord Jesus Christ. I sat in a meeting of pastors and I sat there and I heard 
a, a, a elder, number two man in the denomination, stand up and say, you shouldn't have no felons serving in your church. I had to raise my hand. I said, I wouldn't have, I won't have no help. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I got some felons. What about the felons like me who just didn't get caught? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I, I did the same thing they did. I just didn't, I just didn't stand before a judge and get no time. You know what I mean? You know, but you check my record. I pass your background check. Most perverts pass background checks. I ain't scared of a person that pass the background. I mean, that has a bad background, but they know they're the first ones you look at. I'm scared of the ones who pass the check. That's what I'm scared of. You know what I'm saying? But I, if you tell me I can't have a felon in it, and then you tell me I'm planting urban church ministry and you help create this, people, understand this. We're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. When God, God knew Gideon was scary and was going to ask for a fleece, right? And he knew that was going to happen. He was hiding in the threshing when things threshing his wheat. But that's not what God looks for. He looks for obedience. He looks for those people who believe his word. And their belief is not just something they say with their mouth. It's how they live their lifestyle. Your lifestyle is a reflection of your belief and what you do. And we have to serve God in spite of ourselves, in spite of addiction, in spite of bad habits, in spite of bad language. And we got to allow him, his Holy Spirit, to work through us to do the work. We're not doing the work. If we're doing the work, it's all off base anyway. Hey, God bless you guys. Have a powerful week. Thank you for listening to me. And as always, contact me. I'm always open. Isaiah 61 is sponsored by Spirit of the Lord Church. Hi, I'm Pastor Frank Dogby of Rhema Impact Ministries. I want to invite you Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. to join me on this very unique radio station for a teaching series entitled Transformed. This program promises to be great. God is going to touch your life. I'm looking forward to seeing you. God bless you. Listen to Transformed with Pastor Frank Dogby every Sunday morning at 8 on AM 980 The Mission. People say there are billions of dollars lost in a market crash. The truth is, they're not lost, they just exchange hands. And the good news is, by gaining the right kind of knowledge, you can learn to recognize the opportunities that exist and, more importantly, act on them. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder of Tradeway. Along with being an investment advisor, Tradeway offers our students a powerful education so that they can take their investments in their own hands. We break down the confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We keep it simple, fun, and personal. Come join us at our next two-day event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. You'll learn to take small steps to reach your biggest goals. Coming to the Minneapolis Marion West, November 4th and 5th, only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. National Public Radio recently reported that a scientist in Sweden is attempting to edit the DNA of healthy human embryos. Even proponents of embryonic genetic research admit that this is riddled with enormous problems. Rob Stein, writing for NPR, explains, making changes to the DNA in human embryos could accidentally introduce an error into the human gene pool, inadvertently creating a new disease that would be passed down for generations. The Swedish scientist attempts to allay fears by promising that he will only allow the human embryos to develop for 14 days before destroying them. Now just consider what's embedded in those last few words. He assures us that he would never let those modified embryos develop past 14 days. This is experimentation to develop a human embryo in order to destroy it. The dignity of every single human being at every point of development from conception until natural death is being destroyed by this kind of genetic research. I'm Albert Moeller. Some of the world's greatest cities were built around rivers. Now you can encounter them with a breathtaking river cruise at half price through Travel Eater's Apple Valley. This is Sarah Butroff. Vienna, Paris, Shanghai, Budapest. You'll see them as never before aboard the world's most award-winning river cruise line on state-of-the-art vessels. Now Travel Eater's Apple Valley is offering you a 2017 early booking discount for Viking River Cruises. Two-for-one cruise fares. This offer expires September 30th, so don't miss the boat. 
Plan now to sail into the heart of the world's greatest cities next year. To reserve your Viking River cruise at these amazing two-for-one rates, call me at Travel Leaders Apple Valley, 952-432-6272. That's 952-432-6272. Or online at travelleaders.com slash applevalleymn. In a dramatic series titled Faith Under Fire, Alistair Begg takes us through the remarkable events in the book of Daniel. An exile living in an unbelieving culture, Daniel never wavered from his faith. Request your free copy of Faith Under Fire on a convenient flash drive. It's yours for the asking from Truth For Life. Request your free copy of the Faith Under Fire drive before time runs out at am980themission.com. Welcome to Shalom to You with Pastor Joel Baker from Plymouth Apostolic Lutheran Church, where we believe the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. Now, here is Pastor Joel with today's message. This morning, we are continuing on in our uh, walking through uh, the book of the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to focus on chapter 17, the first uh, 10 verses. During the time that we have covered some of these topics, uh, Jesus is telling his disciples what he expects of them and what they can expect in uh, committing their life to him and uh, following and to following him. He first, in uh, Luke 14, we took a look at what is a discipleship, and it's putting Jesus first above all relationships that we have, that we carry our own cross, that uh, as we go through suffering in this life because of our uh, faith in the Lord, that we uh, go through it, that we uh, bear up through it by relying upon him, and that we not fear, that we not have fear in our life. And then he says when we come after him, and walk with him were to count the cost in the sense of understanding that a life in Christ is not just um, uh, all smooth going, but that there are uh, difficulties that come along with it. And matter of fact, that's about the only thing that Jesus guarantees that we will have in our life is uh, suffering and struggle. But uh, he says he will walk through it with us, and as we allow him to do that, we become salt in this world, and uh, we have an effect on others around us. And he tells us when it's best to have ears that hear, because ears that don't hear aren't very helpful to us, and so as we have ears that hear, then uh, we not only hear what he has to say, but we take it into our life and we act upon it. And then he told us in Luke 15 how joyous it is when uh, when someone who is lost comes to the Lord or comes back to the Lord. And he talked about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. And uh, they all were received back with great joy in heaven, with great uh, feasting and and for those that, um, those that love the Lord, that they also rejoiced in the return of, uh, of things that were lost. And then he uh, explained to us in Luke 16 that no servant can serve two masters, that we either hate one and love the other or despise one and are devoted to the other, and that in that sense, we can't serve God and wealth at the same level of commitment at the same, uh, on the same plane. And uh, he mentioned how the Pharisees were lovers of money and that that uh, eventually would lead to their undoing. And as he warns all of us, that uh, love of money doesn't bring us uh, into the place that God wants us to be. And then he... Um, told those who were listening to him that Moses and the prophets spoke of him and that they are God's truth. He affirmed that the scriptures that we have, the law and the prophets, that 
um, they are all uh, speaking of him that he has fulfilled them and that then the gospel of the kingdom was proclaimed and that how one comes into the gospel of the kingdom by surrendering their life to to the Lord and how uh, again how uh, the rich man suffered because uh, his reward was on this earth and Lazarus who suffered on this earth was given a place of comfort in heaven and so uh, the rich man had the wrong uh, focus and that's where the Lord gives us those messages to warn us that we dare not have the wrong focus for all of our life or we also will become uh, lost. And then today, in today's uh, text, he's uh, talking about uh, a certain kind of, uh, the way the English translates it is a stumbling block, but it's uh, even more uh, deadly than that. And so if you are able, if you would stand for the reading of the Gospel, the Gospel of Luke chapter 17, the first 10 verses reading in Jesus' name. He said to his disciples, it is inevitable that stumbling come, but woe to him through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he would cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day, and returns to you seven times, saying, I repent, forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Which of you, having a slave plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, Come immediately and sit down to eat. But will he not say to him, Prepare something for me to eat, and properly clothe yourself and serve me, while I eat drink, and afterward you may eat and drink. He does not thank the slave because he did the things which were commanded, does he? So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say, We are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. Here ends the reading of the gospel. You may be seated. And let us uh, pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your precious word, and I would pray that your word would go forth in all of its truth, as your word is truth, and wrap itself around our hearts today, Lord, and, and uh, show us how uh, this word is to impact each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have this uh, uh, the leading up to what it means to be a disciple in, uh, of the Lord. And then he uh, talked about here, he says it's inevitable that stumbling blocks will come. So as uh, I just mentioned in our summary of what we've been looking at, that's about the only thing that Jesus guarantees for sure is that stumbling blocks will come. And the translation stumbling block gives a wrong impression in the sense that if you stumble over something, you might be able to put your hands out and brace yourself for the fall. Or once you fall down, you probably will get back up and walk, maybe uh, not quite as straight as before you fell, but there be uh, some recovery from the stumbling block. However, the, the Greek term, the scandalon, that is, um, uh, spoken of here is like uh, an animal trap and the uh, stick props up the, the back part of the trap and there's the little bait hang hanging from the stick and so when the animal snaps at that bait that trap springs and, and the animal is caught and so the idea is that when you uh, fall for that trap when you uh, reach out for that bait and you grab a hold of it, the trap uh, completely uh, encompasses you and you die. There is no recovery from 
a, this type of a trap that is sprung like an animal trap. And so you can't get out and limp around and you uh, can't be, come out and be repaired, but you're dead. You die. That's it. And so um, the, the Lord says, those kinds of things that are they're out there, those kinds of traps are waiting to be sprung. Those kinds of things are in uh, the world. They are set up by... Uh, Various people set those traps and that as we walk through this life, we are in danger of springing the, um, the stick and the bait and losing our life. And so the Lord says we need to be aware of that. We need to watch out for one another as he will go on to say in this text and uh, to help each other Avoid those traps. Avoid being snared by a trap where it will cost you your life. And of course then he says, uh, but woe to him through whom they come. And he talks about how then it would be better if they had a, a millstone, a heavy stone from a mill hung around their neck and thrown into the sea. And uh, that isn't a very pleasant end either. However, uh, nobody was going around tying millstones around people's necks, but the Lord was saying it's that serious for those who set those traps. So that there are the two sides of uh, one being careful so we don't succumb to the bait on those traps and, and uh, trap ourselves to death. And then one needs to be extremely careful that you aren't setting those kinds of traps because those uh, having a life of setting traps or causing ones to stumble do not please the Lord and there's a judgment for that. And he says that uh, then you're leading people uh, away or causing their spiritual death and so in that sense there is a judgment to come over people who do those kinds of things. The traps that are out there, for us, you know, uh, Habakkuk, he, um, he said, as we read this morning, you know, how long is this going to go on, Lord? I call for help and I don't receive an answer and I see all this violence and I see sin or iniquity and I look upon wickedness that is occurring in this world and I don't see that uh, people are being saved. There's this strife and contention. And so I'm complaining. I'm bringing my complaint before you. And then I'll, I'll uh, go up into the tower or the rampart or wherever I'm going to be. And I'll wait for your answer. And uh, he wasn't real optimistic about... Um, the Lord answering him, uh, he actually thought that maybe uh, the Lord would send uh, some lightning after him or something for his questioning the Lord. But uh, God responded to him in uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, and he said that he knows that the, for the proud one, his soul is not right within him. But he says, the righteous will live by his faith. And so even though we all, all of these difficulties around us, even though we uh, experience uh, hardship, even though we wonder where is the Lord at times as we see all the violence and uh, um, as people uh, come against one another instead of being unified as we see that strife and contention. We wonder about those things, but the Lord encourages us to uh, live by faith and to have a, a strong enough faith to get through all of those sufferings and contentions that, that occur. And the way we do that is to Keep our accounts, of course, short 
with the Lord. We repent of uh, and confess sin. We do the same to one another when we have, uh, when we have brought uh, difficulty to someone and we recognize that. We confess our uh, sin and to them and repent of that sin. And, and the Lord has given us this office of um, office of the keys, the priesthood of all believers, and we can pronounce forgiveness before someone uh, between them and the Lord as, as they uh, earnestly confess their sin and ask for that forgiveness. And of course, when it happens between us, we can uh, forgive them for um, their transgression be- that, they ha- that has been committed uh, against ourselves. And so the Lord is showing us how we live in community as, uh, as believers in community, and he has walking us through what it is to be uh, his disciple. And so as, the, um, uh, as he goes through this, uh, then in um, verse 3, he says, Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And so as I just mentioned that uh, we are to be on our guard for those traps that are out there, we are also to watch out for our brother, our brother or sister in the Lord. We are to watch out for them. And if they, uh, the Lord says, if your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, uh, forgive him. And here's the sin he's talking about, the sin between uh, that would cause God an offense where, where someone isn't living up to God's standards and you see that and in a loving way you confront your brother or sister and point out that the Lord has shown you that uh, there is a, a sin that's occurring and he desires their restoration. And then as that kind of sin requires a confession of the sin and agreement that one has uh, uh, violated God's standard and then re- repentance, a sincere repentance, and then one can pronounce absolution over uh, those sins. And then he says, in the, uh, he says right after that, if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. And so uh, here, the Lord, uh, our Lord is talking about if during the day there were somebody uh, accumulated seven different sins that uh, occurred against you, you are to forgive them as they repent. Um, he's not talking about uh, committing the same seven sins all day. Otherwise, your repentance didn't do any good in the first place. And so uh, if one repents of a sin and then there's another one and then there's another one, the Lord said, um, have patience and forgive your brother or sister who sins against you and uh, in that way uh, be an agent of a restoration of one who restores uh, their brother or sister in the Lord. And so when the disciples hear this, Uh, What have they heard so far? There are traps out there that can cause their death. There are brothers and sisters who uh, are sinning against the Lord and they're to watch out for them. And uh, there are people who are sinning against them often during the day and they're to forgive them. So their response is, Lord, increase our faith. How are we going to get through all of that? Uh, If we have to be responsible for watching out for those things. We, and we live by uh, uh, faith, the faith that we have, rather than by fear. How are we supposed to do that? We need more faith. And as the Lord uh, speaks to them, he is increasing their faith and encouraging them. And he's saying, even if you, your faith was just as small as that tiny little mustard kernel, that that faith can grow and it can grow to the extent that that mustard kernel will become a tree. And the tree will be so uh, enormous and so strong that 
the birds can perch in the tree, someone could climb in that tree, and the branches will not break off. And he's saying that would all start with this little kernel of a mustard seed that you can barely see and that is planted and watered in, uh, in the ground and taken care of and nurtured. And uh, it's something that I can do for you and I will increase your faith. And so just uh, continue to have faith, continue to persevere in life, continue to ask me for help in this life and I will be there uh, for you and I will increase your faith. As we um, sang this morning about uh, amazing grace and Savior lead us, you know, the Lord says, I am willing to do that. I am willing to lead you. And I have this amazing grace that I am willing to bestow upon each one of you who desires to have me live in their heart and their life. As you surrender to me, um, I will uh, strengthen you for the life that is ahead. And, and the Lord says, as I do that, just remember to keep a humble heart. Remember to that when this happens to you, that I increase your faith, that you are sustaining uh, your life, even though there are these traps around, that as you serve me and work for me, remember whose strength and power it is who is helping you to do that. It belongs to the Lord, that it's his strength and his power that God gets the glory for doing that, for uh, increasing our faith and walking us through those, those times of uh, distress. And it's not like um, when we... Uh, he gave the uh, a short paragraph, parable of uh, someone coming in from the field and, you know, the person did what he was supposed to do. And so he's not entitled to any uh, glorious honor in, this, in that sense, for doing what was expected of him. And the same is true for us. If we uh, claim to follow the Lord and we have surrendered our lives to him, uh, we don't always see that there's a, a banquet waiting for us. That time is coming at the end as the Lord uh, brings about uh, his provision and his, uh, he brings about the new heaven and the new earth and then there's a banquet for us, but, but at this time, we just go about serving the Lord and not expecting any laurels for that. The Lord doesn't owe us for serving him. He actually gives us the privilege to serve him in this world, to represent him, and to, uh, to be his ambassador. And uh, we aren't to expect and uh, puff ourselves up and say, uh, you know, this I was really good this month, and and uh, I deserve all kinds of awards. And so um, I'll go and arrange so that I receive those awards. The Lord is saying to keep a humble heart as we serve him and realize that it's a privilege that he gives us, that it's a privilege that the Holy Spirit dwells within our, our hearts and that uh, we have that honor to uh, bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. That is, uh, that is an honor. It's an honor to read his word, to proclaim his word. To, uh, it, it's an honor to bring one's uh, children up in the Lord. And it's a, an honor that we have to um, be entrusted by God to carry forth, uh, to carry forth all that he gives us to Second um, uh, Timothy chapter 1 verse 14 that we read said, guard through the Holy Spirit the treasure that's entrusted to you. And uh, the Lord entrusts us with the treasure of his word, with the treasure of, respond, of uh, representing him. And don't uh, uh, remember that it's not about you, that it's about the Lord and and that um, we do those things to honor and glorify him. Amen.
You have been listening to Shalom to You, a ministry of Plymouth Apostolic Lutheran Church, located at 11015 Old County Road 15 in Plymouth. If you have questions about this message or would like to get more information, please call 763-544-7248 or visit online at PlymouthApostolic.org. We pray that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and that today's message may bring you into a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Join us every week at this time for Shalom to You from Plymouth Apostolic Lutheran Church. For more information, call 763-544-7248 or on the web at PlymouthApostolic.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and your family. We're back with financial advisor Maureen Gray of Waddell and Reed. Maureen, summer's over. The kids are heading back to school. Everyone's getting organized. So do you give any calls for help to get finances in order this time of year? Do I ever? It seems like everybody is back in the swing of things. Hey, you know, a lot of people are worried about their kids getting closer to college costs. Hey, how much do you need to have saved for college for your kids? And can grandpas put money away for cute little grandkids? That's a great idea, Tony. Do you have any cute grandbabies in mind? Three. What are the options? Um, There are a few things you can do. You can save for college using 529 plans or Coverdell Education Savings Accounts or even a UTMA account, and there's more. But the sooner you start, the better off you'll be. Hmm. Let Maureen Gray at Waddell and Reed help you with college savings. Call 952-884-1503. 952-884-1503. Waddell and Reed Incorporated, member SIPC. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some urgent news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from PBS host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we're about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-422-3838 now to get your personalized copy rushed to you today. Do you want to avoid mistakes baby boomers and seniors can make when they buy annuities? Those mistakes now could be costly later to you and your family. Call 800-422-3838. That's 800-422-3838. Employees of J.D. Melberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Hi, this is Todd Avakian. And Andrew Del Rey with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. And we can help you save some serious money. Rates are at an all-time low, but with all the uncertainty in the market, no one knows how long this will last. If you have a rate of at least 4% on a current loan, you need to call us. If you're a first-time homebuyer or have children that are potential first-time homebuyers, give us a call. With rates this low, we could get you into a house close to the same amount of your current rent. At Sierra Pacific, Todd and I handle your entire process from start to finish in-house. Refinance your home into a 15 or 20-year mortgage or consolidate your debt and get rid of it forever. Let us help you. Call me, Andrew Del Rey, or me, Todd Avakian, at 888-888-1172. That's 888-888-1172. Don't get left behind. Sierra Pacific Mortgage, 888-888-1172. Sierra Pacific Mortgage Company, NMLS ID 1788. Todd NMLS ID 253453. Andrew Del Rey, NMLS ID 294990. Equal housing lender. Are you frustrated with the political arena? One thing is for sure. As kingdom citizens, we can't put our faith and our hope in politics. Here's Dr. Tony Evans. If the church doesn't get its act together, it may not even matter which politician wins. Dr. Evans defines a kingdom citizen. The kingdom citizen can be defined as a visible verbal follower of Jesus Christ who consistently applies the principles of heaven to the concerns of a culture. Now, Focus on the Family has put together a helpful resource, the Kingdom Citizen Collection, to help you make sense of your role in our culture, which includes Dr. Evans' new book, Kingdom Citizen, an introductory subscription to Focus's Citizen Magazine, a CD or download of a Focus broadcast with Dr. Evans, and your family's election activity kit, a $30 value for only $19.99 when you log on to KingdomCitizenCollection.com. That's KingdomCitizenCollection.com or text CITIZEN to 771-771. These days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. 
The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. At Tradeway, we teach you to start a family business by trading stocks. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Coming to the Minneapolis Marion West, November 4th and 5th, only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723, or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Listen to the way to victory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.